mean, you got like you said, you got to find out the language that you can speak and not everybody can do everything. And I would even encourage people that, hey, you shouldn't want to do everything because when you do everything, you kind of do everything at like the same level. You, you want to find like what you're really good at and be like this good. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have my friend Patrick to speak about his journey in being an art director. I'd like to give a content warning for any strong language used in this episode, and hope you have a nice day, and enjoy the show. So, I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. No problem. And the first question I'd like to ask is, what would your origin story be, and how would you like to represent it? Say that again? What would your origin story be, and how would you like to represent it? Sorry, I didn't get the first part. Your origin story. My origin story. Yeah. Um. So, you mean professionally or like as a, as a human being? <laughs> it could be human being professionally. It's your story. Okay. Um. I think uh, both in both senses they 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 are pretty pretty different of where i currently am um so i'm originally from el salvador and when you think of el salvador you you don't think america (laughs) or like the united states or any of like the values and you know the successes um and i'm also an art director and when again when you think el salvador they they don't traditionally consider the arts to be a career um and i didn't either when i was growing up (laughs) um but various things happened i would consider i I would consider a lot of what happened in my life a series of fortunate events um things that i never i never thought would happen to get me here um and it's one of those it's one of those um scary scary things that you don't know how they're going to turn out um for example my my stepdad came into my life and he he was very very adamant about um about studying and languages and growing up as best as you could um just from an academic point of view, so that you had the best chance of life the moment that you graduated. Um, And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here where I am um, as a human being because he he really helped out uh, morally, um, values and all that. Um, And then, professionally because of all the things that my stepdad you know instilled in me um later in life when i wanted to do more more arts related um studies it was much easier to to go for it when you had the confidence you know, that somebody actually believed in you, um, which tended to be the opposite of everybody back at home. Um, like he was, he, because he, he didn't have the values from there. It, it was very different. So I, it, that's a very long-winded way of saying that. Um, my origin story does not match my origin. Um, if I had been in El Salvador, I would have probably been you know, some accountant only knowing Spanish doing doing the basic things that we do down there. But now it's um completely different. I I live in New York, um, work as an art director and it's a lot more fun than how it would have probably been. <laughs> so I hope that answers it. <laughs> yeah. 
And how would you like if I present it? Like a book, movie, TV show? Say that again? How would you like if I present it? Oh, God. Um, I would much rather have it. Oh, I would love to say a video game, but there's no fun in that story. <laughs> um, but uh, I would love it a, a, a book, honestly. Um, I think I think I would be too picky with who would be my my actor, um, and I also love the fact that uh, that that writing can 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 have that. They they say this a lot, which I think is a little pretentious, but like theater of the mind, where you can like say whatever you want and people make up their own assumptions. Um, but it's also nice because people feel a little bit more engaged because. Um, they're filling in the gaps on their own. And also, although I am in art, I don't particularly like it still. And I do spend a lot of time writing um, because it's, it's, it's easier for me to, to get ideas down. Um, heck, I would love, I would, I, I would actually like writing out the, <laughs> the story. Um, so yeah, a book. <laughs> Nice. So, you know, also you mentioned how you are like an art director. What really clicked for you in the arts, even though you said it wasn't like that in the beginning? Well, um, I didn't really delve into it too, too much, but I actually hated art when I was a kid. Um, well, there were two things that had to do with art. Um, in, 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 in school, um, for the most part, we did fine arts, and I didn't particularly enjoy it just because I, I just wasn't very good at it, and I, I did practice it a lot. Um, I was never good with color. I'm still not good with color. Um, but in, I think it was in, in like the, the, the early high school years, um, the school had uh, a new class called technology. Li that's literally what they called it. Um, very vague. But what we essentially did was um, isometric drawings of things. Um, so cubes, um, trapezes, anything. Um, kind of like what you would have for a 3D models where you can see like the front side, the side view, the top view, and then like a, a perspective view, right? And while everybody who was in the fine arts class hated that, that, that uh, section of, uh, of the class, because we did it only once um, a semester. Sorry, we did it one, one trimester out of the, out of the other uh, three. Um, I loved it. And I guess to me, it was, uh, it was like I understood it. I finally understood it. I, like I finally understood a part of um, design that, made sense to me um it was it was weird because i hated maths and i hated science well i didn't hate them i just didn't particularly enjoy them um because there was a very specific answer every time and it, it didn't feel like there was a chance to like explore it was just like find it um but while these uh these technology classes were um were very much um art they still had an answer which I understood um and I don't know like I just felt I had more control and like there was there was much more of a of an ending to things it's weird it, it was the only thing I actually like I enjoyed it so much I got so far ahead in the little handbook that we had to do by the end of the trimester that the professor was like if you want to help people around do it and this was like two weeks into like a six-week thing I was done um and then I got so bored, I started, uh, I started <laughs> which I got called out for, um, doing my friend's homework for quick cash um, because I would do it really quickly. Um, it just didn't turn out too well, but it was fun. And then later on, when I found out that there was something like this in graphic design, um, I kind of just fell into it. I did a pre-college course at Parsons um, when I was still in high school and then just love it so it's not i'm not necessarily in graphic design and I'm, I'm in art direction but um 
later on, uh, I did study more user experience um, for my bachelor's, which was much, much closer to, um, to that technology class I took. Um, and although I'm in art direction, I do UX still on the side and my previous jobs have been in user experience. Um, so you could probably say that I finally found something I love. That's actually one of the reasons why I still have rulers back there. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. I still love just working with stuff. So. Nice. So the same as you found the language that you were able to speak in terms of like designing. I did. Um, it was... So I know like as a creative, you want to... Um, you want to have like the freedom to do everything, right? Um, I'm not like that. I I I will I I can make something pretty from scratch. Um, it'll just take me longer than other people who are better. Um, it won't be the best thing in the world, but I lo I love I love I love the planning. And. It's a different kind of planning when you're doing a painting or, you know, a drawing versus when you're doing something like a blueprint. Um, it's a lot of like, like you, like when, when you're doing like those technology drawings, those isometric drawings or like a, a wireframe, for example, for a website, you are giving, how do I say it? You're, you're giving a visual to this planning of like where things will be, like you're organizing things in a visual way. Um, and I know someone's gonna say, yeah, you kind of do the same when you like sketch out the head and the body and everything. But to me, it's a different language that I just don't understand. It's like code, I don't understand it. I can read it, I just can never write it. Um, and it's the same thing with like fine art, I can do it, I'm just not very good at it. But when it comes to like planning and, you know, drawing out, um, a structure, I really get it. Which is weird. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, um, I mean, you got like you said, you got to find out the language that you can speak and not everybody can do everything. And I would even encourage people that, hey, you shouldn't want to do everything because when you do everything, you kind of do everything at like the same level. You, you want to find like what you're really good at and be like this good. Um, like you had, you were able to do everything, but you have that one specialty that really gets you farther ahead in life. Yeah, like definitely try out other stuff because I, I I read this somewhere. I forgot what it was. You wanna you wanna know enough about everything to be dangerous at it, but not like get boxed into it. Yeah. Like I know a little bit about a lot of things, like I have a conversation, and mm -hmm. I have seen it already, but I, yeah, I can speak to you about it. Yeah. Makes you much more interesting, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you watch the show? No, I did not watch the show, but I know exactly what's going on. Sorry? But the people were like, did you watch the show? I'm like, no, but I know exactly what's going on. I know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Like back going back when I met you during the car, during the uh, competition, I was like, "Well, I'm in charge of the team, but you guys are leading everything." Mm -hmm. I was like, "You guys are being more experienced. You guys know what you're doing." I was like, "Okay, cool." Oh, um, you mean when we did the when we did the project years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that was forever ago. I still can't believe it. I was like, I like designing, but these people know what they're doing, so I'm gonna let them be in charge of everything. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so now you're in art direction. How do you explain that to somebody? Art direction. So, to to like normal people who are not in design, it's easy. I basically say I come up with ideas for campaigns. That's the easy one. Um, when, you're, <laughs> when you're talking to other creatives, so like um, graphic designers, my best friend is in um, 3D modeling. Um, 
and then other other people who 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 are creative creatives that in their field they have an art director title um you tell them that you're an art director and they're like whoa you're a director title you're so high up there you have a team under you and i'm like no i'm actually not that high up there i kind of just started that's the title that they give to to the art people <laughs> um and, and and they just get so surprised um because I don't know if other fields that have like a director title in the very beginning, um, but it's essentially a a a a role where all you really do is um, set the look um, of uh, of a brand of a campaign of a new thing, right? Um, and then once you have that that the direction set, you work with other people to help you bring that idea to life, be it, you know, developers or other graphic designers or other art directors. Um, you also work with a copywriter usually who helps you set the tone for it, not just the visuals, but like the words that you would use, the language that you would use and all that. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool role because you do a lot of um, coming up with ideas of things that would be, you know, cool to to see as a as a as a normal person just interacting uh trying to make ad advertising less boring um and make it so that people don't want to automatically uh, press the skip button um and and yeah i mean it's it's pretty fun it's also really interesting because um um same with some of the other fields of graphic design you work with brands to help them figure out who the heck they are um what do they stand for what do they do what do they want to do um and how they uh they they position themselves in the world to to you know put their money where their mouth is um so it's it's really cool that i guess that would basically be it it's it's actually very simple to normal people to other other creatives it's like whoa no no it's not that exciting <laughs> it's like i'm normal just like you are yeah no actually um like i just do art um i would that that's the other thing i'm um, compared to some of the more um creative roles like graphic design um you spend a lot of time just doodling um and coming up with concepts that not you're not always executing or making stuff look pretty it's a lot of um it's a lot of uh planning as if you were like planning a painting for example um which is probably part of the reason why i'm not very good at it <laughs> and so with that are there Okay, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I had a question about art direction and like, like I remember now, how is it like coming up with new ideas? So remember we did a competition, it was like everything's been done. What how did we mix it? Um I I feel like the worst person to answer this because I I don't get it myself. Um so in, in advertising, the way that they believe uh, uh, ideas come off is um, you, you, have to, you have to come up with what they call a big idea or a platform, which is like the, the, um, the core messaging that the brand wants to send out. Um, like just do it from Nike. Every one of the executions that they do is around that, right? Or... Um, you're not you when you're hungry, that's Snickers. Then every one of the campaigns is basically based around that. Um, and the what you what you want to do when you're coming up with an idea, especially for a new brand, is to come up with a really interesting um, big idea that can, you know, last years and you can up and you can come up with really fun stuff for it, right? Um, so the way that you come up with that is, uh, you know, research, finding out what makes the brand truly different, 
especially in fields where it's like um uh the the where, where every bit of research sounds like the competition like people love soda you could say that for every one of them um you can only really say that everybody knows what a what a what a coke is without even using the whole name or like that coke is probably the most popular brand right um so you kind of have to find out what that edge is competitively and then you know work with uh, strategist, um, talk to people and find out how they actually feel about the brand. Um, also, there's an ambulance going on outside. Let me know if you hear it. Um, and then once you find that like very interesting take, which requires a lot of concepting and coming up with ideas, and usually what you do is that you present the idea along with a sketch and some headlines. Um, just to get the idea across. And then once you get that, then you start working on like, how does it look? What is the tone? Um, and then if it's good enough, then a client adopts it. And then as you come up with stuff, you want to come up with new things um, that to your point have never been done before. What, 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 what helps is having a creative director who actually knows everything that's going on because um I've actually pitched a couple of things that it's like, oh, somebody did something like that before. And I'm like, oh, cool. I I don't pay attention. Good thing you do. Um, <laughs> and then there, there's a bunch of different techniques that, uh, that you should be thinking about. Um, there's a couple of books that I could show you later um, that are encouraging uh, people to think outside the box. Um, but also... Uh, something that my, my, my mentor um, says, especially when it comes to, to digital design, like of apps and, and websites, and, um, is that everything has been done before. Everything, one way or another. All you got to figure out is what makes your version of it interesting enough or different enough that it warrants existing. Um, so I would say that even if you come up with an idea that oh that has been done before everything has been done before just figure out how to make it better which Got is it. super vague sorry <laughs> <laughs> like find the you in that um, idea and then you will make yeah, it yeah like, like what are you bringing into that idea that makes it really fun um, and it's, it's, a, it's a headache process because you just have to come up with a lot of things um but also lean into like what you enjoy and what makes you you know unique as a creative um and try to do that like i i try i try to do a lot of um game inspired things um to they they don't usually see the light of day but they do they do they do sound interesting um and sometimes we do discuss them um but that's that, that's my strength, and that that's where I'm gonna um, try and you know push things. Got it. And with like your ideas, when they don't work, what you do to make them work or like rewrite them? I cry a lot. I mean, so I gosh. So I'm, I'm actually very, very quick to kill the baby. Like, I am not going to love an idea so much that I stick to it forever. Um, I've, actually, <laughs> I've actually gone up to creative directors during a review where, and, and I hate some creative directors because they go, oh, I don't know, maybe we do this, maybe we don't, is it going to survive? I don't know, especially when the deadlines are very tight. And a couple of weeks ago, I went up to a couple of creative directors when we were reviewing ideas. And I went, okay, are we going to do this or not? I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. And this sounds like it's going to require a lot of work. And we don't have that. So do we kill it or do we keep it? And they were like, what? Like very surprised. Usually uh, people want to keep their ideas. And usually people don't, you know, question the higher ups. But... Um, 
I I I understand that some ideas are you know good from the very beginning, um, and some of them require more work. But sometimes you just don't have the time, um, and I get it. The other thing is that like as a as a lower level person, I I would like to to be told. Um, usually the 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 managers take forever to give feedback to you and you're you're coming up with like multiple ways of how something could could be fixed to your point to make it better um just to find out later that your idea died um and i don't know if it's you know the political correctness of including everybody um but sometimes it's just better to call the baby ugly and just kill it um but it doesn't always happen um so it really depends if um if if the idea can be saved or if not i think it's more important to know if the idea is worth moving forward with um and it kind of goes back to you know it'd be nice to to i think it's really important to have a creative director or like somebody higher up that you you know you trust and you have an open conversation with um because it makes it much much easier to to have those conversations especially if they believe that the idea can move forward, they can better help you out. Um, there are some higher ups that will just tell you, okay, fix it. And then you're just sitting there like, uh, how? Yeah. Like where, how, what do I do? What's the direction? You're just telling me fix it. And that means nothing. I had a, I had another creative director. I'm, I'm throwing so many people under the bus, but he 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 hated my design like hated it completely and i said okay okay do do you have 15 minutes to talk about this because this was all through email do you have 15 minutes to talk about this and see if we can figure it out he didn't respond to like 3 days later and he goes yeah i'm actually not on your project so i cannot bill my my time to it so i'm not going to help you I'm just sitting there like you told me this sucks and you cannot give me feedback because you're not on the project, even though we're in the same company and doing work together. We should, we should be helping each other, but I see how it is. Yeah, bureaucracy in that. Yeah. And it also kills me because like, I really believe in nurturing and educating people. Um, a lot of mentoring, but some people just, they just want to get the job done or only do stuff that'll benefit them or make them look good. So. Yeah, I see that almost all fields in careers, people interact. Yeah. Really the synergy to make things work. Yeah, it's hard. You, you just got to find people that you vibe with and a job you vibe with. Um, and it, you're, you're not always going to find it early it might take you a couple of jobs but you find it eventually i believe i hope right yeah eventually find it six jobs later yeah so with art direction there's more to the planning and then it goes down to the to the change and then eventually becomes a executed plan mm -hmm. yeah i mean um, it's a lot of just idea thinking um, <clears throat> and a lot of a lot of planning. Um, um, I'm I actually get a lot more exposure to to some of the higher up things than some of my other friends, just because my my team is smaller than others. Um, <clears throat> so, but but it is essentially it, it essentially boils down to that just like coming up with ideas. Um, executing them and sending them out to the world when you're brainstorming do you ever use this stuff and how do you get past getting stuff um i just take a break honestly um when it comes to brainstorming um
I'm actually not. I'm one of those people, and and I read this the other day that, um, there's different types of ways that brainstorming helps people, um, and it kind of comes down to to two based on the article I read. That introverts like to think about stuff on their own and then come together and share, which is a hundred percent me. Um, but extroverts think while they speak and would rather brainstorm together in advertising a lot a lot of the brainstorming and problem solving is in groups in reviews live um and i'm really really bad at that um i have had i've had uh calls with vendors um where we are reviewing work that they have done for me um, and some problems come up that someone else noticed. And then they look at me for how do we fix this? And I have to come up with something on the spot. And I'm just like, uh, 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 with, with my, with my microphone muted, of course. <laughs> um, and I, I get really nervous. I, I know it's not going to be the best answer. Um, and and it's bad like I, I i'm definitely one of those people who, who need the time like i need to take a break when things are not working i need to i'm an art director but i love writing out my ideas more than coming up with the visuals for them and you know especially brainstorming with people that makes people really really nervous because then it's like oh we have no visuals for this um but usually when i get stuck i uh i I, I just go someplace else. I, I completely ignore it. Um, I go on YouTube or Reddit. I go for a walk. I go get something to eat. Um, I just completely take off. Um, the other thing is that, and again, going back to like people that you trust, um, I have a couple of coworkers who I just go and talk to and bounce off the ideas that I had in hopes to come up with new stuff. Um, and they're usually very helpful. And it's stuff that I don't normally think of, especially because the way that my team has been structured is that everyone is different in their skills. So um, there's an illustrator that I used to work with before who I brought in. Um, there's me who does a lot of digital and structured design. Um, and then there is a, a, a video director who does a lot of uh, moving images and photography. Um, so they're very different fields and they, they produce work very differently. Um, <clears throat> so whenever we talk about stuff, we, we do very different concepts. Um, so it helps having people like that around you because um, you come up with different things. I know, um, and this might, this might make a lot of people angry, but I, 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 I believe that everybody, when they say diversity, everybody focuses too much on, on, on skin and background and race. Um, but what, what does it mean when you have um, physically diverse people, but they all have the same background? They all went to the same expensive schools. They all come from like the same social background. Um, they all have basically the same resume. And then you're basically going to come up with more ideas, but with people with different skin colors. Um, but what, what I believe you should really be doing is, you know, bringing people who, who do fit the role, but have very different ways of doing things or different ideas. Like my team is very varied and we purposely built it like that so that we could help each other. Um, I know if we have a, a movie need, we go to this person. If we have an illustration need, I go to this person. They know if they have a digital question, they talk to me. Um, and and it, it, it works so much better than some other teams that just have the same type of people in them. Um, and I think it's uh, that diversity that really helps um, whenever I feel stuck, whenever I feel... Um, like I need very specific support on a project, um, because I know that they're there to help. 
um, and they're there to also help me get unstuck. Nice. So it's pretty much building a team, but building a team that complements each other, and not just having five stars. Yeah, and and even then, um, how do I say it? I, I think it's it's what you said. It's it's the idea of of um, diversity, but in a complementing way. Don't just don't just do diversity for the sake of diversity, and be very specific about like what. <clears throat> sorry what what the diversity means um because again i i very much understand that and, and as somebody who isn't white um i understand that uh white people tend to you know get hired more and and, and get a better shot than than non-white people um so yeah definitely try out other people but also be and and to me, it's even more important. Be very specific, or you know, equally as important. Be <clears throat> be very specific over who you hire, who you bring in, who you work with, because you want to make sure that you are bringing in the right person that you know is gonna, to your words, complement the team in more than one sense. Not just because we need a woman. Not just because we need uh, a. a a dark-skinned person from either um, Hispanic or African-American descent. No, no, no. Bring in somebody because they bring in a skill that your team doesn't have, not just a background that your team doesn't have. Yeah, because if you have, like, everybody's a graphic designer, then you only have that point of view. And when something else comes up, everybody's trying to scramble. Yeah. I mean, you can go to a high school and see all the different uh, kids from different races and different backgrounds, but they're basically getting the same education, right? So you want to you wanna get people who have different life skills to, you know, help out together. Um, because if you have, uh, like, I believe that if you have, um, if you have the same people bouncing off the same ideas, and that's the idea of diversity. If you have the same people bouncing up the same ideas, you're only going to come up with the same things in the end. Um, but if you have other people who don't necessarily do what you do, um, who help you out and complement your strengths and also fill in gaps the team has, um, you're going to come up with stuff that you would have never thought about. Because if you have everybody doing the same thing, everybody messed up each other's toes also, and then... Not yeah, and, and I get it that it, it might be scary hiring people who who might not 100% fit the, the mold that you're trying to fill. Um, and, and I guess from a, from a recruiting point of view for people who might be applying to jobs, right? Um, when you see a job posting and they want like 10 years of experience, proficiency on this and this and this, um, that is usually for the ideal candidate, right? The person that they would 100% love hiring and if they saw him coming in, they would hire them immediately. But usually that ideal hire is already working somewhere else. <laughs> if you can fit, like, I think somebody told me, if you can fit 60 to 75% of the requirements of like the very important requirements, def definitely apply. Um, and to like recruiters, don't be afraid to hire those people because it's that extra percentage that you have no idea about. Um, as long as you know that they can do their job, um, it's that extra stuff that they bring in that definitely helps, um, you know, add to that uh, workplace diversity. And how do you know you have like, how do you have confidence in the ability to do your work? Oh, um, Gosh, that. <laughs> um, I guess in um, in my case, because confidence is is really hard to to instill in people, just because not everybody has the same levels of um of like innate confidence in themselves. Or um, 
or let me turn this off or or how do you call it or or just or just confidence in general um i think in my case i have been i have been very very lucky that i have worked with people who who believe in me very strongly and that's why they hired me um i always complain that i get hired by managers who don't really manage me they just let me do whatever i want um so there is very little chance for mentoring but it's because they know that i'm going to do the job they know that it's going to be good they know that it's going to be well done and they don't really need to quote unquote baby me um so that has led to a lot of self-reliance um and for better or worse i don't always feel the need to go to someone higher up than me and say hey do you approve of this hey is this right um unless i feel i'm over my head which does happen and i do reach out to people um because I, i'm still only a couple of years out um but I have been I have been um professionally working like that for a while for multiple years. Um so I feel confident that whenever I say something it it tends to be right. Um and the other thing is that more, more than other people um I am I'm very 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 proud of the work that I do in the sense of like pride not necessarily like oh I love what I do um like I I never want to put out something that feels half assed um because at the end of the day my name is attached to it um and because of that I have spent a lot of time um trying to trying to get the craft right um not much with with design because you know it's not my strength but with reasoning i want to make sure that everything that goes out is as well thought out as it could be um so i have done a lot of you know just practicing and research and reading and everything i can to elevate that craft level um and the second part of that confidence right is is having people around you who believe in you and are confident that you're going to do the right thing. So when you start a new job, nobody believes in you because nobody knows you, right? Um they know your portfolio, they know of uh you sounding good on paper and maybe whoever interviewed you saying good things about you. Um but you just have to do good work show people hey this person knows what they're doing um be confident about the work that you put out because one they hired you for a reason two they hired you because you know your stuff um and you know your stuff because you you know you spend time doing it um and and just take that that like how do i say this I I as a human being and this is going to come off as weird but I don't really believe in me <laughs> in a bunch of things but I do believe in my craft. I will stand behind my craft any day. Um I will stand behind my reasoning, I will stand behind the way that I do things because I know that they are good. Um so don't don't be don't be afraid because you don't believe in 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 you or the way that you deliver something or the way that you wrote something um or don't don't be don't don't be afraid that they're not going to like you um stand behind your your skill stand behind your craft stand behind your idea um because then it becomes much easier and never put out something that you're not confident in or proud of uh because then it just makes it harder um not only for you to present something but then for people to say oh this person is good let's listen um because if 
some people just come up with bad ideas and you know they lose their confidence um and then it's also like an issue of like do you know what's good um because it feels like other people just don't believe in you anymore uh, so a common theme about this episode is really having that people around you that support system i i would 100 percent say that i would not be around, i would not be here without all the people around me um because to be completely honest i'm not the i'm not the like i'm, I'm hard working but to me a good day is staying in my room playing video games and not talking to anybody not the most productive person right um but i've had some amazing people around me who have uh encouraged me to do stuff um who have pushed me out of my comfort zone and because i really love those people um and really value their opinion i i raised to the occasion and you know do things that i wouldn't normally do um and honestly, if it wasn't for those people, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'd be where I am because um, what I want is very different <laughs> and it's not necessarily the best, um, but I've just been, uh, I've just been very, very, very lucky. Nice. Got to find a team and then work with them. Yeah, definitely. Like they say, like I said, it's a episode. Find a board of directors, and then you speak to them when we need help. Yeah, um, and even and even just not professionally. Like I mentioned, my mentor, um, he he taught me when I was still in college. He was the one who got me into um, experience design, user experience design, or experience design in general. Um, let me get some water. And I've known him for about five years at this point. And um, he has been amazing. He has been a source of, you know, inspiration um, and just help in general, even on non-professional things, um, which has been really helpful. Um, actually, the other day he was yelling at me because every time I go to a bar, I order a rum and Coke. And he said, no, you gotta be more professional than that. Get an old fashioned. It shows who you are, and he and we and he just started explaining to me what like different drinks meant um, when you first meet somebody, and and that is like basic life advice, but also professional advice um, that not everyone is going to give you, um, but also good to to you know get it, um, and you just need to find somebody who's comfortable enough to tell you that. Like my mentor will tell me to f off. Um, <laughs> if I'm being like childish and stuff um, and he knows that I can take it and he knows that I'm looking for honesty like that versus being babied. Um, so I think it's a, uh, it's, it's like we've, we've been saying all along, it's finding, finding the right people um, and, and just sticking to them. Definitely designing everything so you, you pretty much enjoy like so what you enjoy about it again the designing like everything like, the designing um so i don't hate it i just i i don't what i don't like is just making things pretty because to me that that to me that doesn't matter um or it does matter but it's not what i focus on it's not what i'm the great at i can tell beautiful design but i'm not necessarily going to be the one to come up with it um i i love i love i love um and it's gonna sound super cheesy but i love the idea of uh helping people um part of the reason why I wanted to design was that I, I kind of realized, Oh, I can help make information easy, easier, um, based on how you just put stuff together. And part of the reason why I started, 
actually the reason why I leaned very heavily into user experience in college was that it's not about how smart you are. If you make something and you give it to someone and they can't use it without you having to explain it, you failed. You messed up. Um, and, and I believe that a lot of design is really smart or it likes to think it's smart. Um, but many designs and many creatives and many people who make things don't always consider other people or the end user in mind. Um, and think, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to do it because it's cool. I never think about things like that. Um, I think about who's going to use this. Does this fix the problem that they have? And are they going to understand it? Right? Um, so I guess... The thing is that I, I, I don't like designing for myself. I don't know what I want. Um, Christmas comes around and people ask what I want for Christmas. I have no idea. If you tell me what you want, if you tell me that, I don't know, waking up in the morning is hard for you and you really want to become a morning person, hell, I'll come up with something. I don't know if it's going to be an alarm. I don't know if it's going to be a bed that kicks you off the bed. Um, I don't know if it's a recording of your mom yelling at you to wake up every morning um, or water falling on your face. Um, I love, I love solving those problems that people have. Um, because to me, to me, design should help people. Um, some people have said that design should be beautiful, it should be informative, it should help people. And I really lean into the, the, the idea of helping people. Um, with my partner and I, my, my copywriter partner at work, the one who does all the writing and all that, um, we believe that what we want to do is help people out in a way that it makes their day a little bit better. That's, that's all we want to do. Um, and that's where I have a, a very big clash with advertising where I, I don't, I don't want to sell things to people that they don't need because to me, it just feels morally wrong. And some people will say, Oh yeah. I mean, but you are giving them the option and you're, and you're, um, you're not cramming it down their throat that they have to buy this. Yeah. But you're still, um, but is it unconscious, sub subconsciously trying to get them to get it every time they go to the store? Um, are you the best option? Should, should Coca-Cola be advertising all the time? It's not really healthy, but, you know, they do it and people like it. Um, and that is, the stuff, the, that is the type of stuff that, okay, I understand. It requires a lot of creativity um, because, to your point, a lot of things have been done before, especially in that field. But I just don't care for it. That, that is not the type of work I want to be doing. Um, and, and to me, it's, it's just so much more interesting coming up with stuff that, you know, helps people because to me, that's the type of work that people will be looking at. Like when you can help somebody feel better, when you can help somebody do something they weren't able to do before. Um, that is a much more interesting story than, um, oh, look, a brand did something cool. So what? You'll forget about it next week. If you can help somebody do something, they'll remember it for the rest of their lives. The user and experience that you really like doing. Hmm? All I know of, like, Advertising can be like invasive to people. I always had the idea like, like for me, like as a marketing is annoying, but I'm in like I'm also part of the field sometimes. So I'm just like it's kind of like that. Um, like just was just like I'm part of the problem, 
but it's also that yeah like people say you're not coming to me like you're not metaphorically paying a gun to their face like saying buy this you just like yeah it's up to you yeah but you're still you're still pushing out so much advertising that to them it's the only choice right or it's not necessarily the only choice but it's the comfortable choice because they know it they hear about it and it's it's that is that right i don't think so um Sure, people still have a choice, but I don't know. That's that. That to me, again, is is work I don't ever want to be doing. It's like how much is it a choice? If it, if it seems like it's the only choice, and then you have like society telling people to do things. Yeah, it's like all working together. They're like, hey, keep buying more and more. Yep. So that's my little, that's my little grip with advertising. I think they have a chance to do a lot. Um, There's a lot of money in advertising. Um, And I think it just gets all spent way too much on entertainment versus bettering the world as a, as a, as pretentious as it may sound. Um, I do believe that designers have a chance to, you know, make things better for people. Um, but that doesn't necessarily sound as fancy as um, as awards or, or, you know, doing something cool because it's cool. Um, but hey, different people. Yeah. Almost an hour, so we could take a little longer than we'll be done. Well, if you have anything else to ask, let me know. Otherwise, um, I feel I feel this has been pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can end it on here. Nice little chat and another good note of wanting to help the cool. world. Uh, well, if I can, I actually wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. How did you How did you start the podcast? And like, how do you How How did you decide to start? What made you start? Um, and how, how do you run it? Um, how do you plan for it? How do you do all that stuff? Um, at work, uh, my, my partner and I have been thinking about starting one, but there's so many out there that we don't know why we would do it or how we would do it or even where to start. Um, and I just find it so fascinating that you're just doing it. Yeah. So after I graduated college, I really have a job afterwards, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, look at all like other people I know, and they was like, they were doing well in life. And I was like, okay. And then I'm also good at talking to people. I know a lot of people, so I was like, I can find guests easily because there's a lot of people I've met. And I was like, hmm, let me start a podcast. Let me just try it. And I had the idea in like August 2019, and then by December. 2019, I started recording, and then I released in January. And I was like, "This is edited." Of course, it's reached and everything. And I was like, "A couple things gonna happen with the podcast: either it does amazing, end up like the best case scenario, or it does okay, and then somebody sees it and they want to buy it, and then they can just buy the name, or somebody sees the work I'm doing and want to hire me to do a similar work, or if it does terrible, but." I've learned something from it. And I could take things I learned from it and put it to a better project. And then the way I run it is definitely learning as I go because it's like things, like I did all the, like I, I did a lot of research, but a lot of things came up I didn't expect in terms of like even like the editing part and then like just processing in general. And like when I was planning, I was like, I knew that I couldn't do 52 weeks a year because that's like that's like running a marathon without taking a break, and that's why I put in the seasons. I was like, okay, I could just do these these ten real quick, and then start releasing, and then while I'm doing that, just prepare. And it gives me time to prepare for anything that may happen. And right now, just more just leveling it up and seeing where to go next. 
That's awesome. I, I, I really admire the fact that you're just honestly doing it. Um, uh, I think we, I was telling you that there's a lot of planning whenever we do projects. Um, and sometimes that planning gets to your head and you never actually make it. Um, and it's, it's like the moment that you, that you actually do something like you are and just getting the experience from actually trying it out is what user experience is about. Just like getting something out there and getting feedback from people and seeing how it goes. Um, so I will say I, I, I incredibly admire what you're doing and the fact that you're just at it and learning from it and talking to a lot of people. That is, that's amazing and keep doing it too. That's, that's so cool. Thanks. And in terms of the final podcast, I'm making a PDF page, webpage for it because a lot of people were asking me and I was like, it's better just to make, instead of trying to think of, remember every single time, just like, okay, here's a document and then go from there and then ask more questions. Yeah. Cool, dude. All right. Before we end, the last question is, what would you name your origin story? My origin story? Um... I'd probably go back to the thing I told you before, a series of fortunate events. Also, because I love a series of unfortunate events. That was a, that was a fantastic mm-hmm. series. I loved it. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no problem. Have a nice day. You too. Take care. Take care. And- that brings another episode of the Let's Get Podcast so close. Again, I'd like to thank Patrick for being a guest on the podcast. For next week, I have the host of the podcast, Room 3228. I hope you tune in a nice day, and I hope to see you there.